Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Let's hold our Bibles to heaven and say thank you, Father, for your holy written word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. It will transform our lives. So very quickly, we're talking about genuine faith. And we just in quick review said genuine faith is not imitating somebody else's faith. It's not presumption, presuming to do something that God's not in. And also we said that faith is based on what God has spoken or what God has said. You heard in his testimony how God said. And when God says something to you, I'll tell you what, he'll give you the power to back it up. If you just believe what he said. And that's what genuine faith is all about. And we talked about the fact that Rhema is the spoken word of God and Logos is the whole entire counsel of God's word. And we can learn to know God from the Bible, but it's only when he by his spirit quickens these truths in our hearts and lives, as you heard this morning, that it becomes Rhema, it becomes a reality to us, and we can believe the word of God and know that God will honor what he spoke and said to our hearts. So now as we continue our study, look at Mark 11, 23, 22 and 23, because you can't teach faith without these two verses. That's an impossibility. You know the story. Jesus cursed a fig tree. It dried up by the root the next day. And Peter said, Master of the Lord, you, um, he said, the tree you cursed is, is now withered away. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. Or have faith in God, the God kind of faith or faith in God. So you, it's the same thing. For verily I say unto you, he begins to explain exactly how faith works. That whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his what? Not his ear, but his heart. And shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. So he reveals what is called the law of faith. We know the natural world that we live in is governed by laws. We know there's a law of gravity, right? We know that. And there's a law of thrust and lift. And we know when you operate in the, th the law of thrust and lift, it'll rise up above the law of gravity and you can fly in an airplane. But I guarantee you, you better have enough fuel. Because if not, you're coming down because that law of gravity is still working. Well, in the spiritual world, the supernatural world, there are two laws at work as well. The law of sin and death is still at work, which we could hear clearly the law of sin and death at work, whether you're a believer or whether you're not a believer. But then there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When set in motion in operation by the law of faith, praise God, will help us rise up above the clouds of the law of sin and death and overcome in this life and be victorious in this life. And so it's important that we recognize that faith is a law. Look in Romans chapter 3 and verse 27. Faith is also a law, a spiritual law. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Faith is a spiritual law that involves the heart and mouth of an individual. But both must be in sync. And when they're in sync and they embrace the word of God, transforming power takes place. Glorious things occur. But remember, they've got to be in sync. You can't have doubt and allow doubt 
to override and overshadow what you're believing. And the enemy will try to attack us without, without the seed to it that he destroys our faith. We talked about also in the book of Numbers, and if you were not here with us, once again, I can't go back and repeat all these things. I, I just encourage you, get the CDs or listen on, on the internet or whatever, because you can't teach faith and have a better understanding of it or the right understanding of it without understanding what take, took place back in Numbers and how they were denied entrance to the promised land. So in the book of Numbers, here's what we saw. The ten spies, we're going to compare these two. The ten spies and the two spies, we're going to compare between the two, okay? So look in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, because notice what they believed in their heart and what they said with their mouth. This is how faith works. You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. But it's be, they have to be in sync. So the ten men, this is what it says about the ten men. These were the spies that spied out the land of Canaan and brought back the report to the people. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, it's a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And we saw the, sons, the, the, the giants, the sons of Anak, which are the sons of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Okay, so we have it outlined here. We'll throw them up there. Number one, what did they believe? They believed they weren't able. They believed they weren't able. They weren't able. And as you heard again this morning, you can't do it on your own. You are not able to do it. But he never asked us to do it in our own strength or ability. But they were looking at themselves. We be not able. That giant may be there. That mountain may be there. That circumstance may be there. But you're not able. Don't depend on yourself. Number two. What else? They saw themselves as bugs facing giants. We're bugs, grasshoppers. They're giants. So their view of themselves was wrong. They were only looking to themselves. They saw themselves as incapable, insignificant. But, but I wish I had time to share with us the value and the worth of your life. Oh, you're so worthy. I'm telling you, you're so valuable to the living God, the creator of the universe, that he sent his son from heaven to come to this earth, to go to a cross where he suffered and died for you, and shed his blood, the only blood that can save mankind, and he did it for you, so that you would not spend your eternity in the lake of fire. You talk about value, you talk about worth, you're more worthy and more valuable than all the silver, the gold, the cattle on a thousand hills, all that this world can offer, you're more valuable than it all. And that's all I'll say about that. Number three, look at number three. They said they couldn't overcome. Death and life are where? In the power of the tongue. And when they said they couldn't do it, we can't do it. We're incapable of doing it. We're insufficient in power, resources, and strength. We can't do it. So they said they could not overcome. And number four, what happened? They influenced the other people with fear and doubt. Every one of their lives were influenced by this doubt and unbelief. And the fear took over. And as a result, they, were, they succumbed to fear. What did Job say? The things I greatly feared have come upon me. Fear is a powerful force as well. Fear will give place to anything the devil wants done in our lives. And so it's important that we understand that. But this is exactly what happened to them. Those are the things that they believed and said. They believed them. They said them. And look at the outcome. Look at the results. Look at the book of Numbers. Once again, chapter 14. First four verses. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, would God that we died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we died in this wilderness? And wherefore had the Lord brought us out into this land to fall by the sword? That our wives should, and, should be, and children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain, let us return to Egypt. 
Do you see what they said? Do you hear what they said? But what did they say? It was all based on what they believed. And what they didn't believe, we cannot do it. What they didn't believe, we're nothing but grasshoppers and bugs. What they didn't believe, there's no possible way. We're insufficient. See, they were trying to do it on their own. And what happened to them? They died in the wilderness. Look at verses 27 and 28. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me, saying to them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Did they get what they said? They did. So you see, when you teach this truth, it's not this surface understanding of what it means just to just say it blab it grab it you know like they say name it claim it oh no 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 there's a lot of more depth to it than that you they actually believed they couldn't do it they actually believed they were grasshoppers they believed the enemy was too big they believed the giant was too tall they believed the mountain was too big and wide they believed the situation was too difficult and the circumstances they could never get over they believed that and so they said that in the ears of God, and actually went on to say, we should have died in Egypt, so let us go back there. Whew. God says, okay. There'll come a time when he says, you'll have what you say. Now let's look at the two spies. Joshua and Caleb. Go back to Numbers chapter 13. Joshua and Caleb, the two spies. You're always in the minority when you believe God. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And then go to chapter 14. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were the, them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search, it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into this land, he, and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation wanted to beg stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared at the tabernacle before the congregation, uh, before all the children of Israel. So now let's evaluate them. What did they say? Okay, first, first and foremost, what did they say? They believed they were able. We believe we're able. You know what able means? Sufficient in power. And ability and resources to do it. But guess what? It wasn't their ability. You know the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 and 11 what they say? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. That you may be able. That you may be sufficient in resources, strength, power, and ability. They believed that they were able. Not because of who they are. But because of who he is. Strong, we've been told to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, not in our own strength or ability. Right? Uh, next, the Lord said that He would, he, they said the Lord said He would help them, that He would help them. So they said the Lord would help them. That's what they said. The Lord will help us. Stop thinking about you and your ability and start thinking about Him and His ability and who's bigger than the giants but God Almighty Himself. So what's the book of Hebrews say? Chapter 13. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, he hath said. Who said? God hath said. What did God say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. That you may boldly say, we can't do it. We're too small. 
We're like crickets and grasshoppers and bugs and they're giants. No, he said, I will never leave you. And the Amplified says, I will not, I will not, I will not by any degree ever leave you nor forsake you. That you may boldly say, that you may boldly say, I am able. He never leaves me. The Lord's my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. What are we saying in, in face of our situation? Are we saying what he said to say? Praise God. We should because he said he wouldn't leave us nor forsake us. Number three, what's the third thing? They also believe there was nothing to fear. Don't rebel against the Lord. They said, fear not the people. They're a prey for us. They're bread for us is what they said. Look at the Bible verse in Isaiah 41. This is the most beautiful verse. We need, to, need not be overcome by fear. Fear thou not, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Don't let that just go off the top of your head. Fear thou not. For the great I am is with you. Be not dismayed, for the great I am is your God. And he said, I will strengthen you. He said, I will help you, and I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Someone says, but I'm so afraid. I understand that. He didn't say deny fear. He said, you're going to have feelings of fear, but when they come, then boldly say, he doesn't leave me. He doesn't forsake me. He said he would strengthen me. He said he would help me. Oh, Lord, you said you would uphold me with your, have you ever seen his bicep? Oh, I'm telling you, look out. He stretched forth his hand, created the universe that we live in. Praise God with his mighty hand. He saved us by his grace. And so he'll uphold us and strengthen us and help us. He'll provide what is necessary for us to overcome. And that's what he wants us to believe. And that's what he wants us to say. Look at the next one. The next point. They said that the enemy was helpless prey. Helpless prey. You know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But three powerful forces to overcome it. Power, love, and a sound, sound mind. Our enemy is bred for us. And our, our fearless faith and attitude that we have is intimidating him. We're not being intimidated by him. We're intimidating the him. So he says, don't fear your enemy. Stand face to face with it. Look in Joshua chapter 14. They're a helpless prey. And I want you to see this played out. This is enabling us to have hindsight, which is better than foresight. Because you see in, in chapter 14 of Joshua, what it does, it gives us hindsight. It helps us to look beyond the veil, to see what was really going on behind the scenes. Then the children of, jo of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee, in Kadesh Marnia, 40 years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back him word again. Don't, don't miss out on this statement. I brought him word again as it was in mine what? Oh, that sounded like Mark eleven twenty three, didn't it? In my heart and my mouth. I brought back word as it was where in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me, the other 10, made the heart of the people melt like wax. But I wholly follow the Lord my God and Moses swearing that day saying surely the land where on my feet thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God and now behold the Lord has kept me alive. Who kept him alive? Kept me alive these 40 and 5 years 
even since the Lord spake this word to Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. Happy birthday, Caleb. <laughs> Eighty-five years old now, and as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and the cities were great and fence. If so be the Lord be with me, then I shall be able. He still thinks he's able. He's 85 and he's still enabled to drive them out as the Lord said. Notice, as the Lord said. Faith has got to be on what the Lord said. And when we know what the Lord said, we act on what the Lord said. We believe on what the Lord said and say what the Lord said. Hallelujah. You've got the Lord's help. You've got the Lord's help. Can you see that? Now, quickly, their fear was baseless. Baseless. I want us to read this in Joshua. Did you know the fear that they had back then was baseless? When they came to the promised land, they saw the land. It was all spied out and all that. And they said it was good and all that sort of thing. But they were afraid of the giants and they were afraid of the walled cities, right? They were afraid of what they saw. But their fear was baseless. There is no foundation for their faith whatsoever, and we're going to show you why. So let's read these verses. It took a prostitute to bring this to light. Rahab the harlot. Listen. Remember the story? Forty years later under Joshua, they sent two spies to spy out the land. And when they went to the land, uh, they entered into a house of the innkeeper, the woman who ran the place. It was like a house of ill repute. But let's be honest. It was an inn. A lot of rooms up there. A lot of people, you know, up there doing their thing. Okay, and so they figure, hey, <laughs> we're being truthful here. <laughs> and they figured they could sneak in there because everybody's there, you know, and no one wants to know, no one wants anybody else to know they're there. So everybody's hush hush being quiet about it, and they're hiding up on the top of the roof. And Rahab finds out that they're there, and she knows that they're there. They're Israelites, and she knows it, okay? So let's pick it up from there. She's hiding them. Before they were laid down, she came up upon, unto them upon the roof, and she said unto them, unto the men, I know that the Lord, I know, I know, notice this, I know, I don't think, it's not maybe so, I know the Lord has given you the land, and that your terror has fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the side of, uh, that were on the other side of Jordan. Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed, as you, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since you have, I've showed you this kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token and that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, my sisters, all they have and deliver our lives from death. And the man answered her, our life for yours. If you utter not this our business and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. I want us to read that first. These Canaanites feared the Israelites, while the Israelites were fearing the Canaanites. The bugs were afraid of the giants, 
But the giants were afraid, Brother Ben, but the bugs with the giants were afraid of the bug. Come on up here with me. I thought this could be, I want, it to ha I want us to have a visual this morning. Okay. Stand on that side, brother. So to make this visual, this, this visual more realistic, I'll play the part of the giant and he'll play the part of the uh, bugs. Uh, wait, we better turn that around, brother. I, I forgot. Okay, there's the giant. Here's the bugs. Here's the Israelites, and those are the otherites. And what am I saying here to all of our people here, all the Israelites? We can't do it. There's giants in the land. They're bigger and stronger than we are. There's walled cities. They're mightier than, there's no possible way that we could possibly overcome them. Look at the size and the stature. We're, they're looking at their size, the sight of them, and the sound of their voices is what they're looking at. And here they are over here. The, the giant size and, and, side, and what's the giant saying? Look at their God. He parted the Red Sea. They are bigger than we are. Did you hear that? Thank you, brother. Did you hear that? Wasn't looking at the size of the people. They're over there saying, we can't do it. There's no possible way. We may be bigger. We may be stronger, power, more powerful, our walled cities and all that. But we heard how God brought them out. We heard about the ten plagues. We heard about the death of the firstborn. We heard about the fire by day, cloud by day and the fire by night. We heard about the manna from heaven. We heard about the Red Sea parting. We heard about all the angels that protected them. And we know that God has given them the land. So this doesn't matter how strong we are, how big we are, how powerful we are, or how big our city is. It does not matter. No one can do what God can do. And so they conceded the land. It took them 40 years to get in because they didn't believe it. Look at Rahab. Now, you ready for Rahab? Look at this verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. How about this woman? You ready for this? Just like anyone that really cares about her family, like a matriarch of the family who really cares about her family. Family's more important than anything else, right? It talks about her faith. She's one of the what, two women in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the hall of fame, that is singled out and brought out because of her faith. Everybody else was in fear. And so here she is. She's standing in the middle, and she goes like this. Okay, all the ites, patriotism over here. God's bigger. God's greater. Hmm. F family, patriotism. Uh-uh, uh-uh, I want my family to live. Let's throw up what she says. Number one, put it up there, Paul. They knew God gave them the land, she said. We know God gave you the land, number two. Their hearts melted with fear. She said it, their hearts are melted with fear. Every one of us is afraid of you, and you're afraid of us? Part C. The Red Sea miracle, we know about the Red Sea miracle. We knew about it, part D. The defeat of the two kings we heard about as well. And finally, the last one. Everyone's courage was gone. It took 40 years, but everyone's courage was gone. And when she put herself in the middle and she says, okay, here it is. I can either turn these two men in right now and they will die. But that would be stupidity on my part. I have an opportunity 
to say, your lives for my life and my family's. So we know it's your land, but will you promise me if I don't turn you in that you then will go to bat for us, so to speak, and intercede so that my family is not destroyed? And they said, yes, our lives for yours and your lives for ours. Absolutely. But there's three things you have to do. Number one, you've got to get all your family together in one house. Wouldn't that be a treat to look at? She kicked everybody out of her inn. Get out. Get out, get out, and put all her family in, right? Put them in there. Then number two, don't tell anyone about our being here. They agree, she agreed. And number three, you got your seatbelt on. Make sure that you take the scarlet thread and leave it out of the window down the rope that you let us down by to escape. Because you see, all your house have got to be under the blood. Oh, hallelujah. You got to be under the blood. Everyone that's under the, and they said, if you're in the house under the red blood, you'll be spared. If not, if they're not there, they will die. And what does history tell us? What does archaeology tell us in their findings? When they found the, the walls of Jericho that were brought down, that spider is kind of uh, having fun there. <laughs> what happened? They found that the one section of the place was not destroyed, was not brought down, and it was Rahab the hardest house that was under the blood, praise God, of the protective hand of Almighty God. Her faith got her whole family delivered. Her faith got her whole family set free, saved by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Glory be to God. Can you say amen? amen. Thank God for a woman's faith. Let's finalize it with Psalm 78. You didn't think I could preach that fast, did you? There are miracles today. <laughs> you know, faith and fear are powerful forces. And the enemy will want to use us Use faith to destroy our, our fear, destroy our faith. And fear is nothing more than having faith in the power of the enemy. Faith in our inabilities. Faith that the circumstance is bigger than our God. Faith that this situation that we've got to, let's say, move the mountain, whatever it is that's in our way. Faith, like you heard Jordan say, it's just, I can't do it. I can't do it. We know we can't do it. He's not asked us to do it. He's asked us to believe that he will do it for us. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So what they did was this. How oft did they, prov did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited, which means set up boundaries for his abilities, the Holy One of Israel. And Jordan, would you agree with me? You set up some boundaries there for a while, didn't you? You said, you can only go so far, Lord, in my life, and that's all there is to it. I, mean, I know all that I'm supposed to do. I know all this stuff. But you know, but the day when he spoke to you and he said, are you done? Are you done? And isn't he speaking to all of us? Are you done trying to do it on your own? Are you done being the one that you're trusting in, yourself, your ability, your strength. Are you done being concerned about what other people think about you? It's time to let go. It's time to get a hold of God. 
and let God be true and every man be a liar and no longer limit the Holy One of Israel in our lives. Praise God. He is more than enough to see us through the victory. Can you say amen? amen. Let's stand together before the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God.